Welcome to How Train Talks, a podcast series for people on the move. Welcome to the How Train Talks podcast station, the place to be for all matters related to the How Train and how it came to be South Africa's first ever rapid rail link. Today we're looking at the issue of stakeholder engagement in a public-private partnership context. And with me to unpack that subject, Tlaho Ramalepa, the Executive Manager for Reputation at the Gautrain Management Agency. Tlaho is an experienced communications practitioner with over 15 years' experience in the private and public sectors with a focus on brand and reputation management, stakeholder management, media management, research and strategy development, and implementation. So plenty of experience in this space. Tlaho, welcome. Let's start with a bit more on your background and your role within the Gautrain Public-Private Partnership Project. Thank you so much for having me. Um, at the Gautrain Management Agency, I'm responsible for communication and reputation management, and that includes stakeholder management, media management, as well as an advisory role to the senior executives within the Gautrain Management Agency. So let's, uh, let's look at the key stakeholders within the project. Let's start, who are they? Who were they? So within the Gautrain um, public-private partnership, majority are long-term projects. So what is very important is to, there's so many um, uh, frameworks that we use to identify the stakeholders within a project like this one. But for example, we would look at the internal stakeholders, the normal way of identifying stakeholders. So the internal stakeholders, the government, the media. But one of the important things that we also do is identifying the linkages that the stakeholders have within a project like this one. So, for example, with the project team, one of the most important risks that's aligned with that is because it's a long-term planning process, it's not only saying internal stakeholders, but we always look at what are the issues that are linked to the internal stakeholders. So, for example, if a project lead leaves between before the project is finished, you would have to make sure that the project continues. So the issue aligned with that would be knowledge management and skills management and ensuring that it happens. So project team definitely as an internal stakeholder, very important. Government, very important. But what we also look at is within government, we also very clear that it is intergovernmental as well. So as a provincial project, we also have to look at municipalities on a local level. We also have to look at national, the national treasury being a very important stakeholder on a project like this one, the National Department of Transport. We also then look at the different activists within the environment, within communities, the media being a very big part of it, and then also looking at the interested and affected parties because with a project like this one, there's going to always be stakeholders that are directly affected or that are sort of indirectly affected. And that always comes up when we get into the environmental um, part of things. So there's quite a, a dynamic, long list of stakeholders. But what is very important is the role that they play and what are the risks and challenges that are associated with each stakeholder? Because that way then your resources will definitely be aligned and they will also be used in the right way. You can see why stakeholder engagement is is such a big and important part of, of Triple P's because you mentioned so many different stakeholders and I would yeah. imagine to get them all on the same page or pulling in the same direction with clear, direct messaging is obviously can be a challenge. 100%. And one of the most important stakeholders that I also did not mention is the business community because a project like this one often requires and most of the time requires international 
and national business. And there's so many projects that are similar to How Train that are being done around the world. And what you also want is to have the best in the industry to be part of your process, especially when you get to the bidding process and when you get to um, the procurement process. You want the right companies to bid and you're also part of it to invest and support the project. So that also becomes a very important stakeholder. It, let's let's look at the objectives and, and goals of of the stakeholder engagement on this project. What was the ultimate outcome? What 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 were you, what what were you trying to achieve by engaging uh, your stakeholders right from the start and, and on a regular basis? So, um, like I've mentioned um, previously, so what also happens is um, with your stakeholders once you've identified the challenges, you will then have a communication plan that you write. But one of the most important part is the ones that needs to make the decision have to make the decision. And there is a timeline because it's a long-term process. Usually projects such as these ones, you, you, you plan them between six and eight years. So for example, you would want to have a political champion that would be supportive and have the vision of the project the national treasury to give the necessary approvals because with a project like this one, you will start with a feasibility study to ensure that the project is feasible and the province can afford it. Therefore, when you submit your feasibility study, the national treasury, most importantly, most of, of, of the reasons why you would engage them is to ensure that you get the approval so you can get into the procurement phase. With, for example, your communities. In the early stages, you want knowledge share, you want information share. So those would be your objectives that are aligned with your communities. In terms of your environmental groups, it's also in the early phases, your objectives will be information share. Um, and it will also most importantly for them to understand that environmental issues will be taken into consideration. And you've also made sure that the relevant communities will not be affected and also most importantly the environment will not be um, affected. So the goals and objectives of, of, of a project like this one, you will see the plan changes as you go along. In the beginning you want buy-in, you want support, you want information share because you want to take your, your stakeholders with you. Then there will be a time where during the operations, if it's a project like How Train, when it gets to operations, the objectives is passengers to use the system because then um, it, 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 it's going to be a, a white elephant if no one yeah. uses it. So it, it, it really depends on the phases, So which means it's very important. So it's not only about the engagement in terms of consultation. That's where your risk plan and your mitigation plan becomes important. And ultimately to say, what is the end goal? What does success look like? And why are we having this project? So in our engagement, we always communicate the end goal but most importantly to say what are the benefits to the stakeholders themselves. Well, I guess that's key to, to, to get their buy-in. Let's, let's look now at some of the key methods and tools you employed because obviously different stakeholders have different modes perhaps of communication that they prefer or the platforms in which you need to communicate with them. Yes, 100%. What is also very important, what we, in your communication tools, we had most importantly a stakeholder platform. But um, once again, anyone can do mapping. But with a stakeholder platform, that's where you start identifying at the beginning of the project, you start identifying communication needs as well as information needs. So when you draw up a stakeholder platform, it does not only become a database, 
But within that platform, you would also highlight the information needs that are required for the different stakeholders. That's very important. Then it becomes a working document or a working dashboard that everyone who is involved in the project would have access to it and would update it. What is also very important, there would have to be some sort of branding for the project so that when you go out, there's uniformity and there's alignment in terms of messaging. Um, and in terms of the communication tools themselves, we will consider, for example, your print, your broadcast and your online media. But um, what we've also noticed is that, for example, it's never a blanket approach. So, for example, you can't just use newspapers for print. In some communities, they don't have access to some of the newspapers. So we would have to look at posters, for example. In some communities, that may not even work because you would also have to ensure that the language that you're using, um, everyone in that community understands. So that's where face-to-face -face communication becomes important. The use of online Email is not important. It's, it's important, but it's not the only way of, of communicating. So you would look at an integrated digital communication that will include things like email, for example, also the social media um, yeah. and also other online um, platforms. A, a dedicated website is always a very important um, way of communicating because that way you're also able to track the issues that are coming. So as part of your stakeholder platform, if possible, you can have a dedicated website. But within that platform, if you're able to also have a category of the themes that are coming up, because also with engagement, it's not always one-way communication. It has to be a dialogue. And you have to ensure that your stakeholders are heard. And one way of doing that is to make it so easy for them to be able to access you. So the face-to-face, the, -face, the workshop, and if you go into online, um, you have to consider that in some communities, they may not have access to the internet. Therefore, that's where your other communication channels becomes important. Welcome back. We're still with Tlaho Ramalepa, the Executive Manager for Reputation at the Gautrain Management Agency, looking at stakeholder engagement in a public-private partnership context. Tlaho, we closed off that first segment looking at the tools and the methods you employed. Did you find that these, these tools and methods resulted in successful stakeholder engagement? And if so, what did that success look like? So um, the very important way of measuring that, um, one of our, our senior project lead used to refer to the different milestones or the different gates that you go through with a project like this one. So for example, very important is the national treasury approval, which we call um, a TA1 approval. So that's gate one. So we know that with that stakeholder, the objectives have been met. Municipalities that come into board and support the plans because now the project is integrated on that level with what is happening on a municipal level. That becomes your second one. And then with communities that now, a perception, because usually with a project like How Train, you may find it's new, it's not similar. Um, there's a lot of expropriation is one, because a project like this one also acquires land. Yes. Um, and, and how you know it's successful, those people that are um, affected by it where the expropriation process is a success. 
on Howtrain One, for example, over a thousand properties were expropriated and currently have a system that is operational. So that is also another objective. So it's also when we go into those, once again, when I highlighted the issues, it's not always negative issues, where you've highlighted those issues and your stakeholders buy into it by moving out because they look forward to having an infrastructure project that's going to um, uplift their life, then you know you've, you've, you've achieved the objective of the communication. We also do a lot of media listening. So when you see the shift in the sentiment, you're also able to see that at least with the different um, stakeholders, your communication needs and objectives are being met when your objectives that you had set in your plan has been achieved. So much like the different platforms in which to engage your different stakeholders, there are different ways of measuring yeah. success. 100%. And may I also just add also part of this includes a lot of public participation. So one way of seeing that it's a successful process is when you have meetings and people attend and they give inputs into those meetings. Um, it's also when you run um, at the beginning of a process like this one notices um, we um, then the community are given a certain timeline to respond to those notices and to give comments or to give queries. That's also another way of seeing that there is some sort of listening on the ground and in there is some sort of comments and interest on the project as well. So the public participations are very important. And actually, one of the communication objectives that we set for ourselves is awareness around public participation because you also want people to give input so that when the MEC gives um, uh, approvals on your root determination process, then there is proof that public participation did happen and it did take place. So yeah. the, the, the involvement of, of stakeholders in your process is actually one of the most important ways of measuring if your messages are reaching the right people. And, and also, I suppose, something intangible like gauging sentiment. 100%. The, the sense you get that the message has landed, that people have bought in on the different stakeholder platforms. 100%. And what we also do, because, as I mentioned, is a long-term process, we do perception audits. We do um, a, a short um, research projects to to find out exactly what are the issues. Because as you go along, what used to be a high-priority issue may not, for example, when you get to um, a, a, a construction, where you just before construction, Different expropriation, phase, yeah. yes, 100%, expropriation may not be an issue. And the fear of that may not be an issue when you get to that level in the early stages. And in some instances, what we've actually learned now, sometimes it becomes the most important um, element, even though you are at the beginning of the project. So by doing that, you also make sure that the communication that you send out is relevant and it's going to the right people. Now, let's uh, let's look at some of the challenges you've experienced, because mm-hmm. there's no doubt that a, a project on the scale and size doesn't isn't plain sailing from 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 day one. So, what are some of those challenges um, you experienced uh, with regards to stakeholder engagement, and, oh. and how did you solve those those issues? So, there's been quite a few, but most importantly, it was, for example, the the, the perceived corruption within government. Because a project like this one, there's a lot of money that's involved, um, and it was um, the, the 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 pessimists believing that it will never it will never materialize. Um, the the fact that how train will never be used um, and it's not needed, um, and another one it was not in my backyard. That has been a big one. 
um, and it was a whole lot. Like I said, I mean, a thousand properties being expropriated. Mm. So the fear of expropriation, because it was a new concept that has never been experienced. So that was a major challenge. And obviously with construction, having to do um, road closures and, and so forth. So once again, because of the planning and communication being part of the project from the beginning, we were very proactive in managing those challenges. For example, with the expropriation process, it's not only the fact that it's a regulatory process that you in, um, inform or interact or engage the stakeholders, but it's also for the benefit of the project. So those people were, um, from the beginning, consultation happening. As soon as sort of determination and preliminary design um, had been completed, they became part of the process and also the explanation of what that process entails. So that was quite a long process as far as stakeholder engagement was concerned. And I've also learned that with um, stakeholder engagement, it doesn't always mean that you're going to have everyone agreeing with you. Yeah. But what you also want is that mutual understanding um, and and then I think we've proven them wrong that the system was needed. And if you look at the impact that how train has had um, in the, in our province, it's, it's it's proving that it was needed. And also with the communities that were affected, um, I think it, it it was also that whole process of being proactive and of highlighting what those objectives are from the beginning. So there was always, um, I mean, we had a dedicated um, newsletter that went um, into the different communities. And also with communities, what is also very important is not to blanket everybody. Because as much as expropriation may be an issue, for some people it's like, what does it mean for me? Um, yeah. What are the benefits? So you also have, so what we also did is within those communities, we highlighted the different categories and information needs and assessment. And there's no doubt that you must have learned a heck of a lot. Um, yes probably both personally as, as well as from an organizational point of view. What are some of the key learnings for you in this in this triple P? So most importantly, that you can't be stuck in your own box. So I found myself having to expand my um, experience in terms of project management. You have to understand legislation, which is very important because the worst thing you want is um, not following process. Um, rather, you get fault on other things, but not on process, because that's very important. Um, and that you don't, it's, sometimes it's okay to say, I don't know the deadline, rather than to promise and, and, and raise expectations, mm. especially because it's a long-term process. Um, I think also research in terms of not only doing the research, but the whole thing around risk management. So I found myself also having to be an all-rounder um, and not only a communication, but in a, in a communication setup, sometimes also as a communicator, it does not always mean that. So in other words, as a team, you have to identify people that have charisma and people that are emotive people that would be able to engage with communities and also to be human as well. Because, I mean, if I've been living in a house for 20 years and you were telling me I have to move because there's a train coming, it's, it's, it, it becomes an emotive thing. So you Absolutely. also, that's also plays a very important and that's why the benefit and the why becomes important. And yeah. I need to buy into that, not because you wanting or are interested in the acquiring of the land, but being human about we're doing the right thing and this infrastructure is needed and this is the reason why. And in some instances that as a communicator, it's not always about responding. Sometimes it's about listening. Some mm -hmm. people just want someone to hear them out. 
Um, that's why I say with communities, sometimes you find the issues are not around the project itself, but it's also extended onto the macro environment of what's happening in the country. So it's also about a matter of taking cognizant of that and, and listening, but also being agile, working fast because things change and sometimes it's okay. Um, yeah, so I think it's, 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 it's been quite a, a journey, but also as a communicator, I think very important understanding the process, very technical process. So it's, it's, it's really that you have to understand your process yourself before you can communicate it to the people. Yeah, information there. is key. A hundred percent. Any advice for, for an organization embarking on a, on, on a similar public-private partnership like Gautrain? Yes. Uh, so from my side, I think most importantly, there needs to be political buy-in and support. Um, the markets needs to support. I mean, if you don't have the correct business community supporting your project, it's not going to work. So that political support is very important because it will create credibility and it will build the fact that it's going to happen. The project is going to happen. And also, most importantly, there needs to be project team that knows how to do the work. You can't cut corners and take chances. It needs to really be all the disciplines. It includes, for example, um, legal, technical. So you need a strong team of people around the table that comes from all the disciplines of legal, technical, environment, um, communication, um, and finance. So all of that needs to be represented in a project such as this one. And as a communicator, you can never ever be about the communication part. You need to play an advisory role. Sound advice. Tlacho, thank you for your time and your input. We, we value your insights and learnings with regards to stakeholder engagement in a public-private partnership context as it relates to the Gautrain project. You've been listening to Tlacho Ramalepa, the Executive Manager for Reputation at the Gautrain Management Agency. To listen to this and other interviews about the Gautrain, please tune into our podcasts at Gautrain Talk Station. You can also access further material on our website. That's gautrain.coza or follow us on Twitter.